There's one other thing I wanted to announce today, and uh, I want to make sure I had everybody back in here. Parents brought their kids to kids' church, and they're back in, everything else, is, uh, you know, Ted Shepard's, uh, Ted Shepard's dad went home to be with the Lord. On Friday, he went home to his reward, went home to glory, Thursday, sorry, Thursday, and uh, he's... Uh, he was surrounded by his family for the last week, just loving on him, his wife just loving on him. And, uh, and he went home uh, celebrated by his family and grandkids and everybody. And, and you know, it was, it's, it's the way to go. Amen? That is the way to go. Now, his dad, his dad Jack Shepherd, or the chief as everybody called him, and uh, the, the chief's uh, funeral service is going to be on Tuesday. So it's at West Lakers at Tuesday at 2, and the visitation is between 1 and 2 beforehand. I suspect that's going to be very busy, so I would sh- tell you to get there early. But um, uh, you need to get there early, and you need to be part of that, and it's going to be at the West Lakers Chapel there. It's going to be uh, an amazing service, an amazing time to celebrate. Because when, when there's Bible says there's nothing more precious, hear this this morning, nothing more precious than the death of the saints. How is, that, how is that possible? It's because the Bible says when we lose someone, when someone uh, passes, we recognize, the Bible says we don't mourn as those who have no hope. It doesn't say we don't mourn, it just says we have a hope. And our hope isn't that we're going to spend eternity floating in some cosmic mist like uh, some new age gurus. We've got to get that out of our head. We believe that, that we are going to come back, and that we're going to have a, a resurrected body that's going to be uh, given to us, and that we're going to rule and reign with Christ forever, and that the, the, all the elements are going to be subject to us in Jesus' name. Amen? And this is the hope, and, and we've lost sight of that as the church of Jesus Christ. We, we've adopted some kind of a new age philosophy where we think we just, you know, at very best get a harp and float around on a cloud in some ethereal state. Ooh. No, that's not what happens. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The Bible says Jesus in his resurrection glory was the first fruits of those who would follow. So Jesus first coming in resurrected glory, saying, here's my hands, here's my feet, Thomas, Right? And eating and having, and having lunch with the disciples at the side of the, the Sea of Galilee, etc. This is the resurrection that we are coming to in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. And that's where Jack's just, he's humbly just waiting in the presence of the Lord now for his own glorified body. He says, oh, hallelujah. It's good. So celebrate with Ted and with his family and uh, come on out. It's going to be a great time. And we're looking uh, forward to celebrating a great life. Uh, great life. I want to start this morning's uh, service uh, off because uh, it's Thanksgiving Sunday this morning, but we had an awesome weekend last weekend. And if, if you didn't take advantage of it, you know, uh, there, there's prayer this, after, this morning after the service because, uh, you know, you can get fixed up for that. I mean, it was just so good. It was so good. And uh, we were just blessed, blessed beyond measure uh, last weekend. But I, I just have, before we get into the service, there were a couple prophetic words that people had. And I'd like Rebecca to come on up here. And she's going to share a prophetic picture that God gave her at the altar uh, last Sunday. And uh, she's going to share that with us. And then, Rod, I'm going to have you come on up and share after her, if that's all right. And uh, Rod was sharing with us Tuesday night a pro- prophetic word that he had coming out of it as well. And I'd like both of you guys to share. No, 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 you just, you just go for it. What's that? Not the first one. You're not the first one? The one that you sent to Barry and I in the email. No. I think I might even type there. Do you need the words? You're good? All right. Woo. Sorry, I had two things. So I wasn't sure if it was just one. You go um, ahead, share them both. Yep. Okay. So um, in the beginning, just when we were doing worship before Heidi even came up, um, I just kind of heard the Lord say to me that, the prophecies that have been spoken over the church are going to come into motion and that we'll start seeing them actually happen. And then later, when Heidi invited us all to just come up and yell at the front, she said that some verse with 12 trees of fruitfulness, you guys might know it, but... um, (laughs) And then she said that she thought that our church was going to enter 12 months and each month would be a different month of fruitfulness. Amen. And I just felt like that kind of resonated with what I heard about the prophecies happening. So that was just the first one. 
Um, but then she also said that some of us were going to, sorry, I'm really nervous. Um, <laughs> she said some of us were going to see visions of Jesus while we were up here, and I did. Um, and I've, I've had visions of Jesus before, and each time I do, um, I'm kind of just kneeling at his feet and pretty much just worshiping him. But this time, he was standing with a cross, like he was holding his cross on his back, and I was standing behind him. So I asked him, why this time am I behind you, not in front of you? And he said it was because this is the time that I take up my cross and follow him. Mm-hmm. So in the vision, I did that, and I literally picked up a cross, and we started walking. And then as we did, all these other people joined with us, and they kind of got in line, and it was single file, just following Jesus, holding crosses, walking through this desert. And then after walking for a while, we stopped, and he told us that it was time for all of us to just go our own ways and go back to like our homelands and our home churches. And so as we all started walking... A river formed from the feet of Jesus and followed each one of us as we walked. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't even think of the fact that our name is Desert Stream. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that's all I have. (laughs) Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on up, Rod. You know, uh, sometimes we, we, because we live in a microwave generation, we expect anything, everything to happen just like that. And whereas the prophecies over Israel were hundreds of years coming to pass, some of them. Hundreds of years before their deliverance from the Egypt and all the rest of it. So we need to recognize that God is doing something. And, and there is not one word, there is not one thing spoken that is going to fall to the ground without producing fruit. It's just a matter of when. Amen? Morning. Last Sunday when I was going out of here, somebody said to me, what do you think of this? And I had no answer because I didn't know what to think. I was in such a stage of overload. And I think many of us, the rest of us were too. Two things greatly affected me before I got a picture. And the one was Heidi was walking back and forth across here. And it wasn't, the whole service was not about Heidi. There were five or six other people that ministered, and it was just the way the body flowed during the whole thing. But she was over here walking back this way, and somebody said something in the audience. And I was sitting in the back corner. Yeah, he's, he's going to acknowledge that it was him. I was sitting right back at the back door, and she stopped, and she backed up, and she went in, and she hugged him, and she kissed him. And if I ever saw a look of compassion, was Christ in her eyes. And he had to feel it. He had to feel it. We all felt it. The praise broke out in spontaneous uh, praise. The other, the other thing that affected me was she said in the praise and worship, and I was back there, I couldn't see her. I don't know whether she was on the floor or on her knees or, or whether she was standing up, she was short. But, any, <laughs> but anyway, from where I was, I heard her say, I'm not afraid of the name of Jesus. I'm not afraid of the name of Jesus. And I I had the thought, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What's that mean? And it was like my life rolled out in front of me, and I've been a Christian for almost 50 years. Forward and backward, I saw my lack of appreciation, my lack of expression of who he was and what he's done for me and how thankful I should be. And that, that has impacted me and it will continue to impact me forever. Because it did something in my heart that needed to be done. Anyway, then I saw a picture. And I'm not sure exactly when I saw this picture. But it was a bag of fertilizer. And it was what was happening in the, in the kingdom, happening here. And the first number in a bag of fertilizer is nitrogen. Nitrogen is the praise and the worship. Nitrogen in the natural, as a farmer, it brings on the green and the, uh, you know, from your lawns, if it has nitrogen, and especially if it rains on it, which is praise and worship, especially if it's, if it's rained on the Holy Spirit, it grows. The next number is phosphorus. Phosphorus has to do with seed planting and, and seed. And what took place here that 
that evening was 33, 30, somewhere around 30 girls were released from the sex trade with the, with the actual donation of money. It was given. It was changed the life forever. And that was part of the body's doing. And the, the third uh, number on a, a bag of fertilizer is potash. Potash has to do with the strength, the structure of a, how a plant grows. Um, it took me a little bit longer to figure that one out, but when, the, when the, this country was cleared, um, the trees were burnt down that weren't used. They were piled up and burnt, and potash came out of, the, out of the, that, uh, and it was rendered down uh, for fertilizer. For uh, when it was really rendered down, they made soap out of it for cleansing. Um, that's part of what happened in this this whole weekend was a writing of the structure and a, a integrity and and uh, anyway, when the praise and worship was going on, and I would say Heidi was pushing the plow and she was she was plowing deep, and we were all there with her. There was an explosion. There was an explosion in. We've had breakthroughs here before, but there was an explosion in, in, the, in the area where if you take a bag of fertilizer and you put it on the ground and you add a little bit of diesel fuel or, or a stick of dynamite, it blows. And it blows a hole. And, and you've got a pond or, or whatever. And that dirt doesn't come back in to close in. What happened here the other night, I believe, is the heavens were... The enemy's territory was blown back, and it's not going to close back in over this area to, like it has in the past, in spite of our breakthroughs. The rest had to do. The rest of the process had to do with with the body, the kingdom of God, and the way. And I, I encourage you to uh, go back and and what was taped, uh, Wesley's message on blessings. I've gone already gone back and, and checked out some of it, but it's just mind blowing. Uh, awesome. Anyway. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have some more testimonies in a few minutes here. Um, I just want to say a few words, set them up, tee them up for everybody. Hallelujah. Uh, Praise the Lord. Look at that. Everything's working. Uh, amen. I, we're, this fall we're talking about the, the next level. And uh, we went to another level last weekend. Kind of appropriate, wasn't it? Uh, leaping into another level last weekend, praise the Lord. And I told you how it was going to be a season of self-examination. We're going to take some looks in the mirror, and uh, you know we're going to ask God to do something, and we're doing that together, though. So it's not just one of us having to take a look in the mirror. We're all taking a look in the mirror and saying, God, what do you want to do in our life to take me to the next level? And so the first week we talked about love and the fact that you know that's where we have to start. We have to raise the love quotient in the body of Christ and man, did, did we get an example of that. We were sitting in a, uh, uh, the office this week, and Des came into the office. Where are you hiding, Des? What are you doing way back there? Oh, you're ushering today. That's why. I'm like, you're sitting right here. And Des came in the office, and just one comment after another, the guy was just, just spewing the Holy Ghost. And uh, he was just speaking and speaking and speaking, and Mark and I were like, whoa, Des, stop it. I finally got Des to go and sit in my chair, because I said, you may as well just sit here, because then I went around and sat in the other one. And, uh, you know, he was just having, having on a roll. But one of the things he said was that he said this weekend, he said, uh, you know, when it came to, to, to love, he said, I didn't just hear uh, about love. He said, I saw it. And I thought that was a profound statement. And, and basically last week when I, or two weeks ago when I was sharing, I said, where there's a lack of fruit in the body of Christ, there's a general deficiency of love. And it's as simple as that. Can't get it any simpler than that. And yet loving sometimes is really difficult to do, and it's because uh, love is, in many ways, it's counterculture to the sinful nature, right? And so as a result of that, you know, sin 
comes naturally to our fallen nature, but love requires the imprint of God. And the Bible says that you're able to love what? Because God first loved us, right? So our natural inclination is towards sin, but when we, re- we uh, receive the imprint of God in our life, when God touches our life, then we are empowered to take love to an- another level, to be able to do what does not come naturally to us. And uh, so I think that is, is important. Well, this morning I want to talk about the next thing. After love, I want to talk about what comes next, and I believe that's honor. I want to talk about honor here this morning very briefly. And uh, then we're going to have a few more testimonies before we share in communion this morning. So what is honor? Well, if you look up in the dictionary, these are some of the definitions you get. Honor is high regard or respect. It is fame, renown, glory. It is a, ki- ki- a cause of pride or esteem and honor to be chosen. Uh, it is a sense of what is right and just, integrity. It's a reputation for being just, good, or fair. High rank or dignity. Recognition given to a student for outstanding scholarship is an honor. Uh, privilege. May I have the honor of this dance, for example? Uh, we use honor that way as well. All of these are definitions of honor. And in each definition, there is an element of esteeming others higher than yourself or of you being esteemed by others as higher than themselves. Does everybody get that? So in each one of those definitions, that's what we're seeing about honor. It is me esteeming somebody else higher than myself or someone esteeming you as being higher than themselves. So when we talk about honor, we're talking about putting other people, right, into a place of of positioning them above ourselves. Honor is positioning others above ourselves. And if we can get a hold of that, it starts to change things in the way we conduct ourselves. When we show honor, we're putting somebody else above us. So what does that mean? Their needs, their, their uh, likes, their passions, their, their visions, their dreams. That's what honor is about. It's about putting somebody else first. And so when we do that, we're showing honor. But I, I kind of like Ken Gill's definition of honor as much as any that I have ever encountered in my life. And uh, Ken says this. He said, honor is love expressed in public. And I've always liked that. There's, because, you know, it's easy to say we're esteeming somebody better than ourselves, but when we do it publicly, then people know that we're esteeming others better than ourselves, right? So, for example, my wife, most privileged woman in the world to be married to me, <laughs> right? And, and I could think that, and I could live in that uh, revelation and that understanding, and I could, I could do all kinds of things to just try every day to make her secure in that, But when I will position it so that publicly people see that she is the most valuable person in the world to me, that I honor that way, then there's a sense of, oh, he he really does think I am the bomb. Hallelujah. You know, for you younger people, that means really cool. I realize that language is not used much anymore, but you get the picture. And and there's something powerful about us esteeming the person that, that we value most in publicly in front of other people. And one of the things that, that you know, I, I hear guys say, you know, well, I love my wife and everything else. But then, you know, if you ever want to know what people really think, uh, most, most ladies won't get this opportunity. But all you got to do is get in a hockey dressing room with a bunch of other guys. So next door to laugh already. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and you listen to the way guys comment about their old lady. Seriously. Uh, it's not good, is it, Nick? No, it's not. It's not. And you hear guys, and you think to yourself, this, you're doing this publicly. If you'll do this publicly, how do you treat her privately? Woo-wee. Well, they, you know, they don't really all you know, think that low of their wife. They're just doing it because they get caught up in the moment. You get caught up in what? Putting on a show for your buddies? And I used to hear sometimes guys in the dressing room, I'd be like, what on earth are you talking about? You know? I mean, sure, it could be, it could be an opportunity for, for, you know, the guys, they think it's a safe place, and so they're going to vent a little bit about their frustrations. And I think everybody needs to have a safe person, right? And that's your safe place where you can say, you know, my wife frustrated me this week, you know? And, uh, and we all need a safe person to confide in. But the locker room is not the safe person. Hello? Because you know everything you say there can and will be shared with a room full of other people. Hello? 
Is anybody, am I making sense to anybody? So you can't, you can't be caught up in all that kind of nonsense of the world and still say that you're honoring someone. We need to honor our spouses. We need to honor our children. We need to honor our parents. And when we do that publicly, when we do that in a forum where other people get to witness uh, us esteeming them, and I don't mean about faking it, putting it on, I mean about genuinely honoring someone else, then it says very much about the relationship that we have with that person. And so when we want to honor someone, we, we tend to say, let's do that uh, and express that love publicly. This morning, you know, uh, when I was talking about uh, Pastor Mark and the work that he did last weekend, it wasn't just so that I could, you know, uh, uh, you know puff his head up. It's because it's the honest truth. And, and explaining and expressing that publicly is truly honoring all the work that he invested in last weekend. Making sense to anybody? Are you getting me? And so uh, that is really, I think, a powerful definition for us of honor. And when we publicly express that genuine affection and love for someone, we're honoring them above ourselves and we're calling others to recognize their value as well. So today is Thanksgiving Sunday. And uh, this is a day for us to honor the one to whom we give thanks. This is an opportunity for us to honor God. Not just to say thank you, God, but to honor God. To give him the place of, of highest privilege and highest declaration in this place. And that's why we're going to have some testimonies here in a minute or two. Um, and before we do that, I just wanted to put two scriptures up on, on the screen that kind of set up some of that testimony today. First of all, Psalm 100. And it's interesting. Psalm 100 verse 0 says, so in other words, this is, this is not scripture. This is just the guys who are collecting the scriptures decided to title it this. So when you see a, in some of the translations, it'll say verse 0. That means it's not in the Bible right? But the people that wrote this translation decided this was a great way to describe this psalm. So look at what verse 0 is, Psalm 100. A psalm what? For giving thanks. Isn't that cool? This is a psalm for giving thanks. Now again, it doesn't say that in the beginning in the Bible, but those who, who uh, wrote this particular translation or collected it said, you know what? This is an incredible uh, uh, psalm of thanksgiving. So let's give it that title, all right? And then beginning at verse 1, it says, Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come kneel before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are the, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Isn't that a great passage? And then he says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great song? Praise the Lord. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. And there's one more verse I want to put up on the screen before I call some people up, and it's this. Give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, for your name is near. Men tell of your wonderful deeds. Man, tell. So I'm going to invite uh, some people to come and tell of God's wonderful deeds here in a moment. Praise the Lord. Wow. Is that not good or what? Praise the Lord. Well, first of all, I'm going to read one. This was uh, an email that was sent to Magda and uh, for some people that were here, and then they, Magda forwarded it to me, and I want to read it to you this morning uh, from the conference last weekend. And they said, Whoa, says, I can't thank you and your church enough for the best, capital letters, encounter weekend with God that my mom and I have ever had, ever, and how much it has meant to us. As dry as we were and desperately needed to be filled with God's Spirit, we were also in dire need of experiencing some real quality fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. Thank you for going out of your way to welcome a couple of strangers into your family for the first time ever. We really felt like we found an experienced home, something we've been searching for for so long. Words cannot express my gratitude to you, the Belleville Church, and the wonderful, wonderful people who also came over to talk to us. There's such a strong sense of community there, quality fellowship, everyone actively and sincerely praying for each other, looking out for one another, generally interested in the well-being and success for their family in Christ. Whoa. Is she talking about us? Praise the Lord. Uh, when we arrived Friday night, we, we, that is good preaching, we both felt the presence of God was so strong, it was so heavy and tangible, we really thought maybe God's glory cloud might manifest. Laugh out loud. That was so intense and cool. Wow. T'was the first time my mom was slain in the spirit and was stuck to the floor. That was funny. Um, 
and then she has theme song, Let the Body Set the Floor, Let the Body Set the Floor. Is that a song out there or something? I'm not. Is it? Okay, there you go. So anyway, uh, then she says, the freedom of being free to express oneself, to stretch oneself, to go deeper, to let go and let God. Whoa, fresh water for a couple of thirsty, thirsty travelers. Truly, it is an oasis in the desert. Thank you for sharing and stopping for the ones. God bless you all. Love and kisses, Nat. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. That's just a little bit special, isn't it? Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Ryan, if you would, to come on up. Uh, And he's going to read a testimony to us. If you didn't bring it with you, I think I have it right there. Is that it right there? That's a lot better than reading off my iPhone. (laughs) Cool. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, Right there. It's on. It's on? All right, cool. Um, Hi, everybody. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I'm Ryan. Uh, My wife and I have been attending church here for six years now. It's been six years. Yeah. It's been six years. My, our youngest daughter was about six months old when we first started coming here. So, and she was up here running around earlier on today. Um, yeah. So I was uh, asked to give a testimony about what sort of my experience was this past weekend at the, the conference. And having a hard time putting it into words, I had to put it on paper so I could read it to you in any kind of uh, coherent thought. So here we go. It's going to be a bit scripted, but this is how I have to do it for today. Um, I would like to start by saying what an honor and a privilege it was uh, to attend this past weekend's Eyes and Wings conference. It It was an incredible experience. In all honesty, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, I've seen footage of these types of conferences before, and they're incredible. They're a little unusual at times, but they are certainly incredible. Um, But I'd never been been to one before, so um, I was honored and I was able to uh, volunteer, and uh, I got to pick up Rick Pino from the airport, which was... uh, Quite the experience. We had a good conversation on a minor car accident on the way back, but it was okay. <laughs> Different story. Um, uh, but on Friday night, uh, it was the second night of the conference, and I just got done work, and I, I got out of work a, an hour early to get here. And uh, the worship started, and I started feeling, I, I was dealing with a sense of confusion, um, and have been for quite a while. And I know that God has a plan for me, and he has a direction for me, um, but I just felt lost. And I remember standing right around here and crying out to God. I remember praying and asking him, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to serve? And the response I got set the tone for the rest of the weekend. Uh, That still small voice I heard uh, said, Ryan, this isn't about what you can do for me. It's about what I want to do for you. And it broke me down, and that was just the beginning. On Saturday night, uh, I remember looking around after the dust had settled, after Heidi Baker had preached, and we were praying for people, and there were people laying down, and it was just there were people everywhere. It was very much like the song, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. It was just people everywhere. <laughs> and I remember looking out. It, was, it, it had sort of subsided a little bit. The dust had settled. And I remember seeing people kneeling and laying down, and sitting, and it was incredible because these people were crying out to Abba, they were crying out to God, and they were just happy staying in their father's arms. But what really struck me and what I found most inspiring was that almost everybody had somebody right beside them, comforting them, praying for them, wiping tears away from their faces, and it was all I could do but to stand in absolute awe. God showed up, and he began healing and strengthening these people. Not because the worship was amazing, and it's not because Heidi Baker is so gifted and blessed, and she is, make no mistake, no. It's because God loves his kids, and his kids realized that truth, and it crushed me. I went home that night in awe, awestruck, and for the next few days, it replayed what I had seen in my head. Looking to find out, looking, and I really tried to look deep, into what I was feeling. I knew something was deposited in me. Something happened, but it was tucked away. What was it? Why did I feel this new sense of peace? What God revealed to me was simple. It was not, this big revelation of mine was nothing new, but it, and it's nothing insightful, but it is something that changed my life greatly. God loves me. 
You see, my entire walk with Jesus, I've known that he loves me. However, I consistently feel like it is something that I need to earn. And when I can't possibly find a way to earn it or feel like I can earn it, all I feel is guilt, shame, and condemnation. It's been an attack on me my entire life, but not anymore. The orphan heart is long gone, and I've been given a new heart. Not just one of adoption, but one of sonship. He recklessly and without restraint loves me and loves everyone in this room. And that radically changed my life, and it began to open my eyes, and I began to see things a little bit differently. And I'll start with this, and I'll end with this. God showed me our church, this church, this building, this congregation, these people. He showed me just how blessed this church is. While by some standards, this is technically a smaller church, there will be a day where we see attendance in the thousands. That day will happen, but we're blessed right now. It was amazing to have Rick Pino lead worship on Thursday, Friday, but it was just as amazing to see Matt, Jess, Sarah, Derek, Dylan, and Jacob lead worship on Saturday night, and they killed it. By the way, anybody who was here saw that? That was amazing. Sarah, amazing, seriously. It was incredible. It was also amazing to hear these great speakers, missionaries at our church. It was amazing to hear Heidi Baker tell the story about the horse. It was awesome. I love that. That was fantastic. The things they said have impacted me beyond measure. But honestly, I'm just as impacted after hearing Pastor Kevin preach or hearing Pastor Barry lay down something prophetic, and usually very loudly, which is awesome. It's great. I'm also impacted when I get to sit down and have coffee with Pastor, Ke or Pastor Mark rather, and just chat and just talk and just enjoy each other's company. I'll even bet that our kids right now are downstairs or down, down the hallway being impacted by Pastor Mark and Pastor Rhonda McFall. Pastor Mark undoubtedly is wearing a superhero cape and a red wig and doing something crazy. If you've ever seen the kids' church down there, it's a lot of fun. It almost makes me wish I was little. We had the painter Janet Hewn here, who, if you also saw her, she was up there. She painted this, like, magnificent lion, and it was incredible, and I don't know how she does it, and it was fantastic, and she's certainly gifted, and she's world-renowned for what she's able to do. But we have the honor of seeing Magda create some of the most breathtaking paintings I have ever seen on a fairly regular basis. You can look, and you see all these ones here, and they're amazing. This isn't intended to diminish how honored we were to have these people at our conference and at our church. Not at all. It was God showing me how amazingly he has blessed our church and how gifted everyone is in this place. And truly, we are gifted. He was showing me that this church is going to be a huge impact on not just the Quinney region, but on our nation. This is just the Coles Notes version of what I experienced. Um, but... I would like to close by saying how honored and how blessed I am to call Desert Stream and all those in attendance, not just my church, but my family and my home. Thank you very much, everybody. Wow. While they're getting a battery for that, I have uh, Katrina waiting in the wings with no microphone at present. So uh, I'm going to ask at this time if the uh, uh, elders would come on up and staff. We're going to prepare for communion uh, and then we'll hand Katrina the microphone here in a minute. Um, come on up here, guys. And uh, was that Sherry? Yeah, the band needs to come on up too. Sorry. Yep. Uh, what an amazing day today is, Thanksgiving Sunday. Now, Thanksgiving at the Dowling household is all about the food. I'm, I'm just not going to make any bones about it. You can ask Derek what his favorite day of the year is. He's probably not going to tell you Christmas or Easter. He's going to say Thanksgiving. 
Yep, see, nod his head there, it's Thanksgiving, because it's all about the food. And, uh, you know, we're, we're having our, our meal tomorrow, so we're available today, you know, if anybody wants to adopt us for the day. Uh, but, oh no, apparently I'm working today, but anyway, I'll spend most of the day dicing and slicing and all that kind of stuff, as Sherry works her magic on the menu, uh, and I prep for it. But, um, you know, we're... we're we're excited because it's a, it's a family day as well. There's not too many other distractions. Like, you know, at Christmas, there's a lot of the gifts and all that kind of stuff. Today, we get to sit around the table and just enjoy one another. And uh, it's a special weekend because we recognize that, you know, I was thinking of, of Ted's uh, mom, and, and we were over at Ted and Sharon's last night, and they were just talking to us a little bit about just how special it was to watch the fruit of investing a husband into a wife and a wife into a husband at the end of your life, and how watching Ted's mom sitting there with his dad, you know, stroking his, his head and just telling him how great a husband he was, how amazing a, a man of God he was, just speaking life in, in, and over him while he's waiting to go into the presence of the Lord. That's what it's about, people. I don't know, know about you, but, you know, that's how we build a heritage in the Lord. And his children getting to witness that, his grandchildren witnessing that, there is nothing more powerful than the family of God. And when we live it out in our own homes, we produce tremendous, tremendous fruit that branches out into our church and into our city. And it leaves an impact, especially when we live in a world that there's never been more fatherlessness than there is today. We need to demonstrate the power of God. Before we take up communion this morning, I'm going to let Katrina just share. And look, she's this. We practically we had to pray about this decision. We were like, "Do we let Katrina pick Heidi up at the airport or not?" Because you know we were, we were a little concerned, uh, you know, of of you know muggings and that kind of thing and uh, all that kind of stuff, and whether Heidi would survive the drive and all the rest. But in the end, we said, you know, let. Let's release them to go pick her up, and you and Jolie went up, right, and picked her up, and, uh, and Heidi survived it, and she, she was actually really blessed, and she was really blessed by her conversation with them, and I'm just going to let uh, Katrina share a little bit before we have communion this morning. Um, I just, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share that, um, have you ever felt like God's deposited something into you, and you don't... You haven't seen it come to fruition. So to give a little bit of testimony and background to why is this whole love affair with Heidi Baker so present in my life? Um, several years ago, the church, before I was married to Mark and lived in the States, um, we did a conference here and Wesley Campbell came. And about a month and a half before that conference, I had really felt the need to lay missions. So... Anytime I talk about missions, my heart just falls apart. Because I've always wanted to be there. It's actually so much harder for me to be here in Canada and the U.S. than it is for me to go. It's a lot harder to be here. And I've always been defined by the fact that I wanted to be, I felt God called me at a young age to be a missionary. And I went to school. And, I, and the doors kept shutting for me as a single woman to go to Africa. I'd been twice and the door shut and I really felt like I had to give it back to the Lord, not knowing if he was going to return it. And so I did, I didn't tell anybody. I just completely laid it down and I said, God, if, if I'm not to be that person, then I know you have something different. And, and I didn't tell anyone. And then the conference happened and, and Wesley Campbell was here. And it was the very last session of the conference, and he, um, God did some really crazy things in me that I've never had happen before or since. Um, and, you know, Heidi uses that word, God's going to crash in on you. And he did in that moment. And, um, and Wesley Campbell came over and he prophesied over me that I would um, no longer be raising money for myself, but for a nation. <laughs> And, he, and he, 
he said that I would one day be working with Heidi Baker, who I had no idea who that was at the time, like none. I was like, okay, whoever this Heidi Baker person is, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it was just this really amazing testimony of the Lord giving back my dream, my passion. And then, and so that was that. And I just tucked it away in my heart and, you know, somebody signed me up for their mailing list and I found out who Heidi Baker was, this you know, long-term missionary to Mozambique, of course, Africa, um, who just loves Jesus. And so we were back here. Like, God called us back here to Belleville. And Heidi Baker was coming to our house. And Wesley Campbell was coming. And I was like, what? Oh, my goodness. I knew I was going to be a mess. And... The reality is, is that God deposited something in my heart and in my life years ago, and I'm still looking to him to see it come to pass. I'm here. I'm not over there. My heart longs to be over there, but he has us here, and for a reason and a purpose. And I believe that God deposited that into me. So the conference happened, I had the great privilege of picking her up at the airport with Jolie and that was just life like it was just so special to get to have that that time with her and we went for lunch and it was just really 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 special but as I was preparing for this I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage all of us me too that I attended the conference and it was amazing and I didn't have the crazy manifestations. I didn't have the experience where God came in and just crashed and I was on the floor. And like that didn't. But I still have the still small voice of the Lord speak to me in prayer. Give me, give me vision and something to hold on to. And I, I trust him. I'm so thankful for him because I don't, I don't know the plan. I don't know the timing of everything. But I know my God. And I know that he's not going to return to me void what he deposited. And so for all of you who are saying, well, that's great. I didn't attend. Okay, you didn't attend. But you know what? The God that I know, the God that every one of us call on has a very special plan and purpose for your life. And I believe that he has deposited things into your heart that you have not seen come to fruition yet. And that you are starting to say, but God. And he has a really amazing journey. So don't lose heart. Don't quit. Trust him. Believe him. Because he is a good God and he will not disappoint. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going we're gonna to celebrate Thanksgiving by gathering around the Lord's table before we gather around our tables. And uh, one of the things that we try to encourage people and instruct people on when it comes to communion is that we believe that around the table of the Lord, uh, we need to anticipate good things happening. So we've had many testimonies of people that have gathered at communion, even in our own family. We've had miracles happen in a communion service where we've just asked God to heal. We believe Derek was healed just at a, at a communion service where my wife just held Derek up to the Lord and just said, Father, we, we uh, and we'll share that testimony some other time, but, but God supernaturally, I believe, healed Derek at that time. And uh, we believe that this is not just a table of, of thanksgiving, but it's also a table of restoration, and of healing. And, uh, and so we just encourage you to prepare your heart that God can speak to you. God can heal things in your life. Relationships can be healed. Um, you know, if you and your spouse had a fight this morning, this is a great place to reconcile it right now. And uh, you do it around the table. If, you, if there's animosity in your family or with your children, this is a place where you give that over to the Lord this morning. Let God heal it. We believe that the table of the Lord is a place of healing. So we're just going to ask you to stand together right now. And as the band uh, is going to lead us in a song, uh, Table of the Lord, we invite you to come forward, take the emblems of his uh, broken body and the bread. You break a piece off, take the cup, return to your seat, and, and wait. We'll all participate together uh, after everybody's been served. So we just ask you to come on up to the front as the worship plays, break off a piece of bread, take one of the cups, 
and then, uh, and then return to your seat and we'll participate together. Father, we just thank you for the privilege of gathering today around your table. Father, we say let your glory come. Let your healing come. Let your restoration power come. In Jesus' name, amen. And 
She'd have more if I let her. <laughs> yeah, I have one in the garage we just got, gave away recently. But I love gathering people around the table. And at our house, we always do it. Um, I call it family style or buffet style, where everybody comes and they, they get their food off. Um, our I call it our food bar, but it's a, island. an island, sorry. And I've got chairs around my island, too. But I love people coming to the table. And I love how we do communion, that you come to the table of the Lord here. You come and you receive. And it's, it's not for just one or two or, or an elite, but it's for all of the family of God. And I love, Mark, that you brought the kids in. I love that we gather around the table together as a family. And there's things that happen when we do things as family there's there's healings that take place there's community that takes place and there's just connections and relationships that happen and just this is a really a really special thing we do and we don't do it lightly or frivolously it's it's not that we couldn't pass things amongst the rows and and that's all good if churches do that but there's purpose in how we do this that you come and you gather and you mingle and you connect as you are remembering what the Lord has done yes. for us as a body. Yes. Amen. Paul writes in the scripture and he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed broke bread. And when he had given thanks, he took it and said, Take this and eat as my body which is broken for you do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Why is the Lord's death important? Because his death purchased our salvation. His blood was the sacrifice that covers our sins. And the fact that he rose from the dead proved that his death and his, his uh, sacrifice was, well, this is a great English word, was efficacious. Do you know what that word means? It means that it was able to do what it says it was going to do. And because when he rose from the dead, he proved that he was the divine sacrifice. He proved that he was the one, and he was going into an existence in which he's promising every one of us to fall. So when we remember his death, we're remembering, we're remembering sacrifice, we're remembering victory, we're remembering healing, but we're also remembering our eternal hope, all wrapped up in the sacrifice of his body and his blood. So I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Mark, if he would, to thank the Lord for his, his broken body for us, and then we'll participate together in the emblem of his body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. By your stripes we are healed. Mm. By your stripes we are healed. Father, we thank you right now that by your stripes, your broken body, healing, supernatural healing in your body is falling upon this room. Church, if you need a healing right now, lift your hand to the Lord. By your stripes you are healing, Lord. We welcome your healing right now, Father. We didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, but we're here, Abba Father, and we receive supernatural healing. And we receive your broken body for what we couldn't do. We're so thankful in this Thanksgiving day. We receive our healing for our families, for our nation, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and take the bread together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your broken body. Father, which was broken for each and every one of us here this morning. So 
you were broken so we could be made whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Father, I thank you for the emblem of the blood. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. And how that day, because of this blood, your blood, our sins have been washed away. Mm -hmm. And Father, we give thanks because we did not deserve it. Mm -hmm. We definitely didn't earn it. Mm -hmm. But because of you and our faith and belief in you and for what you did for us that day, we have eternal life mm -hmm. and salvation. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you have not done that, if you're here today and you do not Jesus. have a personal relationship with our Father and for what He did for you, then I encourage you to get right with Him, to come mm -hmm. up and talk to someone up here after. But because of what He did for us 2,000 years, because of His blood that was spilled, who? Mm. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Jesus. We have eternal life in Him. Jesus. So let's partake of this together and remember what he did for us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just lift your hands and praise the Lord this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice for us, Lord. Thank you that you gave your all so that we could have life and that we could have life to the full, that we could have life that's abundant. We could have life that, Lord, is is not average or mediocre, but we could have life that, Lord, is blessed, life that is filled with your joy, life that is filled with victory, life that is filled with friends, filled with faith, filled with hope in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to dismiss the service in, in just a moment. But um, I know Pastor Mark and Mark, my Marks, uh, have both uh, given invitations here. Mark uh, McFall said, you know, if you've never given your life to Christ, then come and talk to somebody. We're going to invite you to do that at the close of the service. We're going to invite you to come forward. We'd love to pray with you. There is no better life than the life with Jesus Christ. And we're, we're, we're not inviting you to, to something difficult. We're not inviting you to join some kind of weird religious cult. We're inviting you to join in relationship with Jesus. And the Bible says that he wants to give us uh, life and life more abundantly. And so we would encourage you to come and, and to give Christ your life. Turn over to him your sin. Turn over to him your, your doubts. Turn over to him your, your, your pains and your sorrows. And as the scripture says, let him give you uh, his goodness, his love, and his mercy. Let him give you the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness so that you too could be a planting of righteousness, a tree of righteousness that stands for him. And, and, and Pastor Mark, uh, on my right here, your left, also invited those who need a touch from the Lord. You need healing this morning. I had my hand up. I, I'm in need of a, of a healing this morning. It's nothing life-threatening, but it's, it's, it's annoying, and I want it healed. I want it, I want it eliminated uh, from my life because I want to be able to do everything that God's called me to do without any kind of hindrance or interference. And so, you know, you might be saying, well, I don't have a life-threatening thing, but maybe you've got a problem with some arthritis or you've got a problem with a, some kind of a, a pain in your back or something that, that's been debilitating, but it's not life-threatening. You think, oh, you know, God's not interested in that. I can, I can suffer through. But how many of your children had a, had a cut in their finger? You, you just look and say, well, just suffer through. No, we pick them up in our arms. We give them that magic kiss that makes it all better. We hold them. We say, you know, let me bandage that up. Let me do what I can. I put some, some salve on that, something to make it feel better. And, and we do everything we can to bring completeness and wholeness to them. And the Bible says if, if you being natural, being earthly, being carnal, know how to give good things to your children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good things to them that ask? Amen? And so you're coming today to a father who loves you and adores you and who wants to redeem you and he wants to heal you and make you whole. So whatever your situation is, come let us pray with you this morning. And uh, we would count that a privilege. We're not going to go anywhere. So Father, we just thank you for the privilege this morning of praying. And Father, agreeing together for God, you to do something rich in people's lives. Father, I pray for those that have never given their life to Christ, that Lord, this morning, they would say, this is my day. This is the time. This is when I submit myself to Jesus and give my life to him. And Lord, you begin to do the work in that person's life. 
Father, for those who need a healing this morning, we invite them to come and to find around God's table here this morning that there is healing and there is restoration. That God, you want to you heal sickness and disease. You want to eliminate things from our broken bodies so that, Father, you can restore us to a place of health and wholeness so that, Father, you can work through us to change the world for Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that, God, for those that got to go now, Lord, we realize it's a, a big day for many people. Father, as we gather around tables, Lord, and we share in family and friends and fellowship, Lord, we're asking for a revelation of Jesus to be made manifest in every home. Lord, for you to show yourself uh, uh, as, as being very precious in the lives of those that you've given us. And we ask it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you as you go, but we invite you, please come and receive from the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We'd love to pray for you today.